0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of
1: the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I mean, it's just
0: science, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you could have made your hole bigger. Okay, wait, don't, don't, um, let me change what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't think I can, if I'm honest. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to
0: kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this
1: podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense.
0: Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, PUNK! Yeah. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Holy man, Brazilian tie. <laughs> I My voice is sort of back after the Grey Cup on Sunday. I was in pretty
1: rough shape. Safe to say you sound probably 90% better uh, than you did Sunday <laughs> afternoon.
0: <laughs> and I don't
1: know why
0: it went. Saturday night I had it. Sunday I mm-hmm. didn't. Um, I I think I I have theories. Okay. (laughs) Let's go through, uh, those theories and just kind of wrap up the week that was in Edmonton for the 106th gray cup. You know what? Every single year I go into the gray cup thinking, "Eh, this is not going to be as fun as last year. And maybe, maybe I don't think that, but sometimes I think, how is this ever going to top any previous Great Cup, every one I've gone to, you know, I have an absolute blast, but I think this one ranks up there as maybe the greatest of all time.
1: And I think a lot of it has to do with the festival committee. Everything was so centralized, uh, super easy to get to. Uh, I know downtown was kind of a disaster with parking, but uh, with with cabs and Uber, and you know the the transit system itself in Edmonton, it was just so easy uh, to get where you needed to go and be right in the middle of everything. Uh, you know, granted, I wasn't in the middle of everything on Saturday morning, but other than that little mishap, I was. We were downtown or around everything that was happening at when basically whenever we needed to be.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of review the Grey Cup festival in this podcast. Uh, the game, I think, has been talked about ad nauseum, so we'll just go through that briefly. Let's kind of go in chronological order. We'll start Wednesday night. I was actually in Red Deer working. Oh, and- I hate you. <laughs> you hate me because we're starting with Wednesday? You were in was- Edmonton. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest parts about Grey Cup, if if somebody asked me, I'm going to my very first Grey Cup, I'm going to go there from Thursday until Sunday, do you have any advice? And I would say
1: pace. Don't black out day one.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I would say pace. But now it seems it's growing every single year that Wednesday is now the time to arrive at the Grey Cup City. A lot of the veterans and the people that have been doing it for years have themselves kind of a meet-up. And, I mean, if you're going to your first one, maybe start with the Wednesday and meet some of these people that have been going to Grey Cups for decades. Uh, I guess I'm at a full decade of Grey Cups now. Uh, mm-hmm. The next one will be uh, starting the second decade. But how was the Wednesday night? Was this meet-up at O2s?
1: It, it was at O2s. Okay. And from what I vaguely remember, before 9 p.m., <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I got to meet Brian from, uh, the BC lions podcast. I went with Andrew, uh, Andrew from the SM empire podcast, him and his wife were gracious enough to let me, uh, sleep on in there in one of their bedrooms on Wednesday night. And thank God, because I was <laughs> not functioning. Uh, and he took me to seven 11, of course, Perfect. um, the, Joel Gasson was there, um, josh and podsky we showed up ryan from the horseman piffles uh it, it was a lot of fun got to meet some people uh that we only interact with on twitter and yeah. some fans and and we had some cards out um we had buttons made uh you know i was able to, I, I don't remember paying for them but i guess i did uh it was just an all-around great night probably shouldn't have drank double whiskeys on an empty stomach uh i have i have two rules and the two rules are, don't drink doubles before supper, and rule number two is, remember rule number one. And I didn't eat at all on Wednesday, and the first thing I ordered was a double Gibson's and ginger ale, and the night just went downhill from there. Or uphill, depending how you look at it. Um, no, Andrew said by 9 o'clock I was a puddle, so I'm <laughs> assuming that's downhill. <laughs>
0: So this is so so funny because uh, Carlos from the CFL he kind of runs a oh, Twitter man. account. And, uh, I had messaged him earlier in the week. Hey, can is there a chance you could hook hook us up with some swag to give away at Two and Out Live? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I could do something for you. And he wrangled up some Grey Cup toques for us to to give away at the big show. And I finally got like details from him on Wednesday as to what we could do. And he's like, yeah, uh, 10.30 Thursday morning, Shaw Conference Center. (laughs) Meet there. So I'm trying to get a hold of you. It's not happening. You finally read the message, and you're like, what? I thought sound check was at 2 (laughs) o'clock.
1: Yeah, it was – well, my phone died by the time I got it plugged in. I was laying on the floor in the living room because I was as close to an outlet as I could get. And uh, it was quarter after 10, and I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go downtown. This is not what I need to do right now. So I quickly sprayed on some deodorant and brushed my teeth as best I could. And poor Carlos – I probably smelled like a damn brewery, but he gave us toques and wanted to make sure that we gave him all the info we could from Two and out live, uh, the pierogies and all that stuff. So it was a good – it was good – I apologized a couple times for being late, but he seemed okay with it. He gets it. He gets it. It's, it's everyone's Great Cup, much like we saw at the coach's press conference.
0: Yeah. It, I, what happened at the coach's press conference?
1: Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he stumbled through a question, and uh-huh. Rick Campbell looks at him and goes, oh, rough night. And it, it was somebody that they knew. It, it was one of the media members that they had dealt with before. And he, he looks at them and goes, yeah, it's my Grey Cup, too. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is absolutely
1: uh, awesome. That's that's a great cup to a tee.
0: So showed up. uh, I got there to Edmonton Thursday. Oh, man. And you can imagine the stress. So uh, 2 and Out Live started at, well, the doors were to open at 3 o'clock and the show at 3.30. We were supposed to be there at 2 for sound check. Then at about 12.30, I realized that I left the charger for my laptop in Red Deer. That was a stressful little while there. (laughs) So I ended up hitting up a store in the city center mall in Edmonton. I was a bit late to sound check at two and out live. And I ended up not even using my laptop because it got uh, emailed to your phone. And I think it ended up working okay. But at the end of it all, two and out live, I don't, I don't know if like, I think we should do it again, but I don't know how we how it gets topped. Everybody that showed up was so awesome. And I, honestly, I'll be honest, going into it, I was concerned that the audience would not have fun for the entire hour that we did the show, but it seemed like they did. And it, it passed on to me. I had an absolute blast there at the end of it all. We ended up raising $485 for Wellspring Edmonton, the, the charity that uh, CFL fans fight cancer were supporting. and Out Live was just so, so awesome. And I think compounded by the fact that your mom was our biggest fan.
1: Man, I really <laughs> thought her and my godmother were gonna be only two in the in the seats. Um, you know, when she took off her jacket and had the two and out T shirt, I was like, "This is not happening right now." So I, she, you, asked
0: for, she asked me she has me to sign
1: it too. Yeah, first, not even me. <laughs> and then eventually, she she was nice enough to Zach Evans, and he was in a better mood after than we thought he would be, and he was willing to sign. The shirt as well, which is <laughs> awesome. So I'm, I'm sure that's probably going to be hung up in the living room somewhere, uh, right next to my grad picture. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, look, lots of fun and like like, and we had a, somebody at least one person from each team. We did. Uh, yeah. fan wise, uh, we didn't realize at the time when you mentioned Hamilton, but Josh from Potsky ski, was in the back. Um, <laughs> we kind of forgot about him. He kind of just slipped in back there. Uh, and the entire Argos fan base showed up, which was nice. Uh, all three of them. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun. I can't believe you ate 18 pierogies in under two minutes. It's kind of disgusting. <laughs> uh, it did not help my hangover. Uh, but it was damn impressive, and, and I think a lot of it goes to to Ryan and Janine uh, for hopping oh, on yeah. with us because they, they were a lot of fun, too.
0: The real stars of the show were them. We were just kind of steering the ship a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was so funny because leading up to it, you uh, you said you weren't going to be able to watch the pierogi eating competition, but you ended up being like th- the official, so you kind of had
1: to. But I made sure not to look at your mouths. I just okay. watched how many pierogies were left. Okay. Um, and then when I watched the video after, I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting sick again. And this was, you know, Monday when I watched it for the first time. And it, it, it it's impressive, but at the same time, it's goddamn disgusting. So I
0: still haven't watched it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I will. Do you remember how you started?
1: <sighs> okay. Well, tell me. How did it start? <laughs> because... You picked up three pierogies and shoveled them into your mouth all at once. You
0: see, I don't even remember that.
1: <laughs> so you blacked. You blacked out. You were competitively blacked out. You were too much. In, you were too in the zone. Well, here's like the you thing. Said Zach, that was, it was my your great, great cup. cup. Yeah, that
0: was the closest I will ever get to a championship.
1: <laughs> well, no, we, didn't we win dodgeball in high school?
0: Well, we did. We totally did. So you know, <laughs> it's on that level.
1: Which is Uh, pathetic.
0: (laughs) Winning intramural dodgeball in the 12th grade was one of the greatest things and greatest sporting achievements of my life. And I was the GM of that team, so that 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 meant so much. I was GM Blair. I was Reggie Dunlop.
1: You were Reggie Dunlop. <laughs> we won't we won't uh, we won't use any of his quotes on this.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that that event on Thursday with the pierogi challenge. I think a lot of people uh, bet against me, and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing it in your face. I'm not saying eat a plate of crow. Because Zach was in my head. <laughs> and maybe
1: I thought that I had to eat three pierogies at a time to have a chance here. And then, But then once he started to chew, you, you were able to gain a little bit of ground. And then he looked over and saw how far behind he was. And he started swallowing them whole. Yeah, he caught and up. And that's when it got interesting.
0: So uh, the the pierogies came from Shumka Ukrainian Restaurant in Edmonton. I ordered them uh skip the dishes. And, uh, Which sh- is
1: the greatest thing ever?
0: <laughs> they, they they showed up before the show, so they weren't they weren't the freshest by the time we ate them. And I've been in pierogi eating competitions before, but once I passed the the twelve mark, and I was at about thirteen, I really slowed down, and I was in some real pain. I was not feeling good, and I I kind of thought I was going to have to tap up, but. But Zach ended up catching up and uh, pushing me to my limits. And there you go, uh, crowned pierogi champion. Ryan from the Horseman Radio ended up <laughs> doing
1: play-by-play. Some of the best play-by-play I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it, uh, go back and uh, listen to um, the CFL Pierogi Challenge and 2 L and Live. Actually, Giacomo was there from CBC Ottawa as well and the uh, the the audio ended up getting played in Ottawa. I was on his morning show on Saturday morning. So everything about that event was amazing. If if you bought a ticket, if you came out and enjoyed yourself at Tune Out Live, I can't I can't say thank you enough it was just a crazy crazy event afterwards everyone's getting pictures having a having a blast trading uh, cfpn cards uh the Eskimo Empire boys had the Canadian Football Podcast Network cards and those were so cool although there was a printing error on mine which uh, <laughs> apparently i approved the proof but i
1: do not remember seeing it <laughs> I'm taking zero responsibility for this. Um, You're taking zero.
0: You're the one that said looks good, aren't you?
1: No, I I don't remember. But I, I let's be fair. I don't remember a lot of things for obvious reasons.
0: <laughs> so under under my name it says at freebalicious, which of course is not my Twitter handle.
1: <laughs> so, so Andrew got like double the followers. This yeah, week. look
0: at that. He's the pierogi king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love how you changed your Twitter name to Pierogi King. By the way,
0: yeah, just for Grey Cup Sunday. <laughs> That's just amazing. for Grey
1: Cup Sunday, and uh, should have been the real Pierogi King. <laughs> and then people see the real, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's legit." Then they can get a blue check mark and everything. Yeah, if grady has <laughs> got one, you can get one.
0: <laughs> so then uh, Thursday two and out live happens. We kind of go our separate ways, and then I think we all ended up at the Spirit of Edmonton that night, which. Every single Grey Cup, it is the party of Grey Cup. And the Thursday is almost like, you know, the diehard event. You got in, I don't know what time. It's homecoming. Yeah, th- that's exactly what it is. And I got in, you know, with an hour and 15 minutes to last call because I waited in line for an hour and a half. But people are they're going off on it and they're crapping on it. But this is exactly what they did in Regina. If the waiting room has beers, it's okay. Put
1: me it's in the not waiting terrible. room. It, it's no spoiled rotten, but you're out of the elements and there's and there's booze. So I don't know why you're complaining.
0: Yeah, I, I'd rather that than just wait in the line with nothing.
1: Yeah, like I was. I waited in line for maybe 20 minutes, got up the stairs, was in the waiting room, uh, ran into one of the season ticket holders for the Eskimos that we know through the tailgate in West of us, and we just hung out by the door. And eventually, one of the security guards is like, You two ready to go? And I'm like, I can be. And I chugged my beer and we went upstairs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You just got to to know how to play the game.
0: I I guess one minor complaint,
1: Spirit of Edmonton
0: was one of the smallest rooms at Grey Cup.
1: Yeah, it it definitely could be bigger. Yeah. Um, I I understand that there's no affiliation with the uh, CFL, the festival, or or the team. um, But they got to know that, you know, that especially in Edmonton, this party is going to be in high demand. And maybe it's a volunteer thing. Maybe it's a cost thing. Uh, but I was talking to people, and it's like, well, the AgriCom is open, and it's an LRT. I mean, it's easy to get to, uh, easy to get back downtown. Um, maybe they don't want to be that far away. But it, it, it seemed a little small. But I, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. Because, I mean, they have the waiting room, and, and it's not that bad.
0: I missed the last LRT that night.
1: Yeah, but. (laughs) I was in bed by this point.
0: Yeah, so you left, and I'm sitting in the lobby of the hotel chatting it up with some Bomber fans. In comes Mike Riley and Odell Willis.
1: (laughs) Hashtag tampering. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know. Odell trying to get Riley to come to BC or whatever. Of course, the uh, CFL awards were that night. Bo Levi Mitchell gets the MOP. Uh, Big Hill, the most outstanding defensive player. Lewis Ward had himself a night. Stanley Bryant got the most outstanding offensive lineman. So uh, there were a lot of CFL players out on the town dressed to the nines. And uh, Riley walks in. So me and these Bomber fans all get into a photo. (laughs) And Odell Willis... Takes the photo. There were multiple moments throughout the weekend in Edmonton where you said, in what other league could this possibly happen? Mm -hmm. One was Zach Evans challenging me to a pierogi eating competition. Another one of those moments is Odell Willis taking a fan's phone and taking a picture of Mike Riley with a group of fans.
1: Incredible what happens at Grey Cup. And that's that's the best part Um, to me. I I don't want to crap on it, but the game is secondary. Um, You know the the parties and the the fellowship and getting to see people you only see once a year, and and the social aspect and meeting all the players that are there, whether it be at the festival for the team or for the league sanctioned stuff uh, with Shaw or just running into them like we did. uh, You know whether it be Mookie Mitchell a couple years ago in Winnipeg, and he was at Spirit of Edmonton again. I mean, but you just you run into these guys and they're more than willing to take pictures. They're more than willing yeah. to have a, you know, 2-minute conversation and, and it just doesn't happen in any other league and it's awesome.
0: So, uh yeah, it was worth missing the last train to have that interaction with how, Odell how and Riley. How mad was Taylor at you though? Uh, she was okay. She she oh, okay. she 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 values sleep. And uh, mm-hmm. she got to meet Riley last year at the Grey Cup in Ottawa, so uh, she was okay with that. Uh, me, I I have not. She had more sleep that night than I think my weekend combined. So, yeah, probably uh, Friday morning <laughs> we head downtown for the State of the League address at uh, the Westin, the same room as the Spirit of Edmonton. So whoever had to clean up that room and get it ready for the State of the League, two thumbs up go to you for that hard work.
1: I I guarantee the dance floor was still sticky. Yeah, it had to be. Like when we went on it Thursday night for the last couple songs, my boots were sticking to the floor. (laughs) With all the booze that was spilled on it. It was brutal.
0: Oh, that is so, so awesome. So then, uh, you know, that happens. We kind of take it easy for the afternoon. And then we head to the schooner's room. Oh, Uh, man. For Friday, it opened at 3 o'clock. And I got to say. I did it, though. (laughs) So one of the volunteers for the schooner's said that the alumni lunch went long. So Mm -hmm. it ended up delaying the opening of the schooner's room. And then I don't know if there's an excuse for this, but I think what happened is that the the staff at the conference center were overwhelmed by what was happening that entire weekend. And they were just not prepared (laughs) for a lot of what was going on. But, man, uh, it ended up being a good time after a shaky start at the schooner's room, I think.
1: Well, and once we found a table uh, and the other bar that was not nearly as busy for some reason, it's like nobody knew it was there and it was perfect. Um, it it yeah. was a lot of fun that, uh, you know, the Joe from Rouge, White, and Blue showed up. Josh, again, from Podsky Wee. We had Janine and Podcast Brian and the Atlantic Schooner or the Atlantic Zone Coverage guys. We all had tables kind of right beside each other and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a lobster roll because I'm not going to eat at – I'm not going to eat seafood at some conference center where it's not fresh. That just does not appeal to me whatsoever. I had a lobster
0: um, room. They were making the lobster, man.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> it, 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 other than the shaky start, it was a lot of fun. They oh, um, yeah. had the announcement, of course, uh, which is the whole reason why we really wanted to go on the Friday um, and and it was packed. It was a blast, uh, the different dance teams that come through and everything. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun, um, but with where we were, uh, it was impossible to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so that might have something to do with your voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, with the music on, you had to yell, uh, but it was it was so, so worth it, and you know what? We left that night, we went to a pub, had some beers. For the second time that day. Yeah, the and had some fun and actually called it an early night. And mm-hmm. part of the reason was my Saturday was about to be the craziest Saturday I had had in my Grey Cup career. And I think we're at a point where I can call it a career. Because earlier that day, ran into Giacomo from CBC Ottawa. He asked me if I could do his morning radio show live. So I had to be at CBC Edmonton for 6 a.m. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was still sleeping. And I wonder why I lost my voice. Yeah. Uh, between, you know, Thursday, Thursday night out, outside for an hour in the cold. Yep. And then screaming at Spirit of Edmonton during Spoiled Rotten, who, by the way, is the, the best cover band you'll ever book for anything. Um if you can, if you have a chance to see these guys, no matter where you are, you have to go um, Friday night at Schooners. Absolutely having to scream, and we're five feet away from each other to have a conversation. And then you're on the radio first thing in the morning on, on Saturday, and then uh, you emceed the CFL fans fight cancer thing or fundraiser on the Saturday afternoon, which was also a hell of a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that that was an absolutely uh, awesome time. So I, I catch the first LRT at you know twenty after five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a uh, maybe around four hours of sleep so I did the show with Ryan and Janine and it was incredible and Giacomo was great and then right after it went to the Spirit of Edmonton breakfast where you were nowhere <laughs> to be found and I'm getting no. to the point where man, this because my buddy I'm kind of worried about him <laughs>
1: and mike put out basically an amber alert on twitter
0: and uh you finally came to life at what about uh 11?
1: 11 30 o'clock yeah i so we called her an early night um I, I went to bed when we got back when i got back to the hotel i had some leftover pizza i had a piece or two woke up about 1 one thirty. really bad heartburn a little bit of a headache toss and turned so i popped an ambien And I was dead to the world till I woke up and texted you back. Uh, I don't regret my decision. I will never regret that decision because I obviously needed some sleep. So in my eyes, my eyes, that is a savvy veteran maneuver. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom for giving me prescription drugs. Uh, Huge help for the weekend. Got me through because there's no way I could have survived Saturday without that sleep.
0: I am convinced that the sluice juice did a number on my voice. Sp- oh, probably didn't help. At the Spirit of Edmonton uh, breakfast. From what I can tell, it's probably got champagne, orange juice, and vodka, and maybe yep. some orange pop. So all of that stuff for your vocal cords is not
1: good. No, and that's why the Eagles don't drink when they perform or they do any band activities because it dries out your vocal cords. Uh, so this week wreaks havoc on everybody. I'm surprised I didn't lose my voice. Um, I also took it really easy. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, because I am an idiot and decided to get blackout drunk on day one, like I do every year, and I never learn.
0: So, after the spirit of uh, Edmonton breakfast, which was awesome, uh, we headed over to O2's. You uh, had some, you know, bad memories of Wednesday night, but we were there to. Uh, raise money for Wellspring Edmonton. It was the CFL Fans Fight Cancer event. I believe the 13th time they've been doing it, and it was so cool and so packed in there. We had players showing up. Nick Lewis was in the house. Javon Johnson, Devon Claybrooks ended up showing up (laughs) at, at O2s for CFL Fans Fight Cancer, and in that few hours... Over five thousand dollars was raised for Wellspring Edmonton. It was an amazing event
1: yeah, with the fifty 50s and all the silent auction items. it was awesome um, you know thanks thanks to Coach Vic, we were able to get rid of a lot of cards. Uh, he seemed to be more knowledgeable than I was as I was trying to eat my lunch, <laughs> and he was giving away packs left and right, um, you know got the Vanier cup on we, we made it a whole football afternoon and lots of fun. Um, And then, you know, you announce the 50-50 winner, and it's kind of quiet for a minute. And I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have to redraw. And then we hear a ruckus from beside the bar. And Javon Johnson, in the loudest Tiger Cats jacket I have ever seen, (laughs) had won the 50-50. And I don't know what other sport, what other league you're going to find this in where a player wins 50-50 among the, the, the peasants that are fans. (laughs) you know, that aren't, that aren't in the inner circle of athletes for the most part. Uh, And he shows up to this event and wins the 50, 50. And it It really couldn't happen to a nicer guy with all the charity work that he does too. Yeah. And he ended up buying a tray of drinks and serving it to fans (laughs) and he served them. That might've been the best part.
0: Yeah. It was just, just an awesome afternoon. So after that, uh, we stayed at O2s for a bit, strolled back downtown and uh, went to the Boston Pizza sports bar tent they had, which, what an awesome idea.
1: But we were the, it was the most Canadian thing ever because we were inside. It was warm, but there was no, nowhere to sit. And we were all dressed to be outside as it was, so we grabbed some tokens and some drinks and went outside and found a picnic table thinking, oh, there's a tent around it. There's probably a heater in there. No heater, but we sat there for a half hour in the freezing cold having drinks dressed in our winter clothes just because we wanted to sit down and that just seems insane to me looking back and if somebody would have if somebody would have walked out there and saw that that was like you know like what like to define canadians that's it like you guys are dumb there's a whole there's a whole tent with heat in it what are you doing out here but it was so nice to finally get off our feet because my feet were killing me after all the walking i did that week and my toe like i said on thursday was on fire and it's now subsided but Man, it, it, Grey Cup week will take it out of you if you're not careful.
0: Well, and that, uh, that Boston Pizza Sports Bar is the... I'm just going to put it this way. It's the first time I had a BM since the pierogies.
1: Oh, yeah. We, we thought you got stuck.
0: Ah, uh, well, I almost fell over and knocked the outhouse over. That would have been hilarious. I would have left you.
1: I would have left you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. No, yeah, because Taylor was there. Joe and I would have been gone. Like, I'm out of here.
0: Oh, and then after that we go to the Great Cup meetup, which man, we were in the same venue for two and out live a couple days ago, but the CFL staff put mm-hmm. together an amazing venue and they spruce up that place, the lighting, the signage, the DJ going, the prizes they have DJ
1: and, Mello. Yes,
0: from the Eskimo games. Everything they do is amazing, and they, they mm-hmm. do everything top-notch, and they make sure every fan feels welcome. Hinock Mwambo is in the house. S.J. Green was there. Uh, we met Naaman Roosevelt earlier in the day. Uh, Andrew Harris ended up showing up. The Grey Cup meet-up was just an awesome
1: time. I,
0: I, there's nothing bad I can say about it.
1: The The only thing is that they changed the date, um, and I, I, I get the whole venue and, and, you know, wanting to keep it close. So it coincided or kind of bumped into the, to the concert that they had. Um, but it, it was a, so much fun uh, while I was there. I, I had a blast. And I, like, like you said, he Mom was there. We showed up and I even said, man, really sucked you getting cut. And, you know, not on the rise anymore. I was like, hey, man, football's a business. And, and to hear that from him and not just, you know, hear, People like not just hear it on TV, but to actually him tell you it personally. Yeah. Uh, it, it just shows you, like, yeah, these these guys know what's up, and you know if they get cut for because it's money, well, they're gonna have to go make money somewhere else, and they get it. Um, so it kind of just gives that that human aspect. Um, but I think the highlight of the meetup was Zach Evans when he showed up and showed you how to shotgun a beer properly because he dummied you.
0: Okay, we have to. I gotta pull Products. back the curtain a little bit here because there was also <laughs> Kim Mitchell, Loverboy, and Trooper. And we mm-hmm. ended up going to the Shaw Conference Center to catch Trooper. And you ended up playing referee between my wife and I. <laughs> <laughs> because they they took my ticket, they ripped it up, and I was like, Oh my god, I have to go back to the meetup. <laughs> Uh, they scanned her in. You ended up having an extra ticket. It all ended up working out in the end because I went back to the meetup while you were at the concert. And I, I walk into the meetup, and they announced me as the winner for a set of winter tires from Cal Tire, some Grey Cup tickets, and a pregame on-field experience at the Grey Cup. Honestly, man, completely blown away that this is all happening. <laughs> so then, yes, Zach's there and challenges me to a shotgunning competition, which I had never done in my entire life. And let's face it, man, I was up at four forty-five that morning. <laughs> I'm not even. People are chirping me for losing this, but I have no shame. I thought I did okay.
1: Um, you did average. I mean, that like Zach, I, I think it was literally two seconds, and I don't, I don't know how. I, I don't know if he cheated. I don't know if you let him win, like you let him, or like he let you win the pierogi contest. <laughs> but it was damn impressive what he pulled off.
0: Well, I, I'd never shotgunned a beer before, and I looked at his beer compared to mine, like before we opened them, and mm-hmm. the the hole on his beer was probably. Uh, the opening to a coffee mug, like
1: it, oh yeah, you, it, the bigger the hole, the quicker it goes. Yeah,
0: and, I mean it's and, just science, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you could have made your hole bigger. Okay, yeah, wait, and, don't, don't. Um, let me change what I just said. <laughs> I, actually, I don't think I can. If I'm honest,
0: uh, I should have made it bigger, but yep. I didn't. It was a uh, you know first time doing it, and it was unsanctioned. So don't go adding that to the record.
1: Oh, here we go! <laughs> Excuses.
0: It's not an excuse. It was unsanctioned.
1: Yeah, but it's still gonna add it to the record. But if I mean, Floyd if Mayweather
0: goes gets in a fight at the bar, he's not gonna add it to his record.
1: Well, not his fighting record, but to his criminal one. <laughs>
0: All right but I, I was I was I had fun taking a lesson from uh, Zach Evans another thing that how the heck does this happen in any other league <laughs> it, it's the best <laughs> and actually Katie who works for the CFL came and said some really cool words to me uh, about the podcast and what we have said about the Great Cup in the past. And it was really, really cool to hear that from the people that work so close to the game day in, day out. I don't know if there could be a better group of people on Earth. Like there's such a cool group of people that work for this mm-hmm. league.
1: Well and like it started when, you know, on Wednesday when you were talking to Carlos and Thursday when I met him and, and you know he they really wanted to be involved. Yeah. And you know, help promote the live show and make sure that you know video got out of of the of the pierogi eating contest. And they wanted pictures. And and Friday at the meetup, or sorry, not at the meetup at, at this at the state of the league. Um, you know, they got people running around doing a bunch of work uh, to to pull that event off. Yeah. Saturday, um, you know, Andrew and Mike, um, they weren't, or and Kayla from the SMO Empire, they weren't initially invited. The the Grey Cup. Uh, committee made sure that they were there because uh, they're a huge part of the CFL community. And, and, you know, these guys pull out all the stops for this week long party uh, and a celebration of, of this league and this game. And, and it it goes on. Un- it's almost a thankless job. Like yeah, nobody ever is. stops to say thank you to the people, to people who do this. Um And, and it it's, I, I can't imagine the workload these, these people have. Uh, it's just amazing what they do.
0: I think this Grey Cup actually set a record for the amount of events that uh, you could do. And it it is impossible to take it all in, but they were all done top-notch. And what this game means to the fans... And it just makes me more and more of a fan every single time I go. I I can't really describe it or put it any other way. It just means so much to me, and I think the people that work there they know that it means so much to the fans, and they mm-hmm. just they they make it better and better somehow every single
1: time. And they feed off the energy of the people. Yeah, that they, they do. Like like you, like this was your tenth straight. And, and I mean, yeah, there's there's like I. I think it was Bruce Arthur or, or Steve Simmons. Like, the Super Bowl was made for the corporate suit and tie guy. You know that's how that's how the NFL pays a lot of their bills. Or thanks a lot of their sponsors. CFL is built for the blue collar worker who wants to you know take a little bit of a holiday and parties face off for three or four days. And, and you know they throw a football game at the in at the end. Like it it, it you, you don't even have like I, I know I know it's Great Cup Festival, but if you're not a football fan, you can still have fun at Great Cup and that i think that's the ama- i think that's the amazing part is that you don't even have to like football and you can still have an absolute blast
0: I, I think every canadian should go once
1: yeah and not and like you got you have to show up on at like you have to start thursday night and and just experience as much as you possibly can
0: it might be impossible to go once i think that would be my uh, my warning <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's like my first one was 2013 the riders won. I'm like, I'm never going to a Great Cup again because yeah. I'm, I'm one and one for one. I'm perfect. Uh, and then Winnipeg really soured me on it uh, after the experiences that we had there because that was a that was that was an unmitigated disaster for the most part in a lot of aspects. In um, the last couple of years, just with work and stuff, it was really hard. Uh, but it being in our backyard, us being season ticket holders in Edmonton, uh, it's so easy for us to get to. It's cheaper because we can drive. Uh, Granted, we spent money on other things, so it it, it, it works out to about the same. Um, it it's just it's just one of those things that just it it brings and like the football community. It doesn't matter what color you wear. Everybody's friends. Yeah. The only time I got chirped about anything was at the game, and it's because Stampeder fans were drunk and trying to tell me that Ottawa's already taking my money and screwing me over. So why let them win again? It's like, <laughs> if we're gonna make if we're gonna make this political, we're not having this discussion. How did you uh, like the concert? Um, it left a lot to be desired. In what way? I, um, well, I I hated the fact that I missed Kim Mitchell because uh, he is in my top five. Right. Um, I, I love Trooper. Don't get me wrong. And Lover Boy, I'm, I'm indifferent to. Um, I, I like Lover Boy, but at the same time, it's like I'm not a fan of Lover Boy. Um, they looked old, and I thought Mike Reno from Loverboy, was going to die on stage. <laughs> um, it also could have been the fact that I, uh, you know, I was, you know, tr- I was pacing myself well. Um, it's just the amount of people and, and the constant standing and, you know, having to yell to have discussions. I was just getting wore out, beat down. Uh, I ended up leaving a drink on the table. I'm like, I'm done. I, I pulled the adult move, uh, you know, the rule, you never have to finish your last drink. And and I I... Shut her down, and I, I went home. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we ran into Janine and her husband there, so we we were able to party with them. And, and Ian, who sits behind us at Eskimo Games, was there with his wife. And, and you know, it was it was it was a good social event, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but I mean, if we're gonna keep dredging up '80s Canadian rock bands, I think that concert might go the way of the Dodo Bird because um, at some point. Uh, the fans of those bands are not going to be going to Grey Cup anymore. And then we're going to end up with Justin Bieber at the Shaw Conference Center in in 20 years, and I don't know if I'm going to want to go to that.
0: So uh, we get to game day, and uh, I got to go onto the field beforehand, which was really cool. I'd been on the field at Commonwealth before, but to be there for Grey Cup game day was something else. There is a different buzz in the stadium when it is Grey Cup game day. And, man, that that was really cool to do. Uh, get into the stadium about two hours before kickoff. And, you know, have have a lot of fun at the Grey Cup. So I guess let's talk about that game a little bit. Congratulations to the Calgary Stampeders. They win 27-16. Um, Eric Rogers played with a torn meniscus. Derek Dennis was hurt. He had surgery on Tuesday before the rally in Calgary. But the big storyline in this one, and I know Trevor Harris threw himself three interceptions, but, I mean, both threw two. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, uh, it was just the Ottawa
1: offense. One, one to Jonathan Rose. Let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Ottawa just could get nothing going, and a lot of people blame that on the field and the field conditions. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused how this all happened. To be completely honest with you, because there have been colder gray cups Mm -hmm. where the field or the field conditions were not referenced like in this game. And I kind of think it's on the Eskimos. They were out of the playoffs a month ago and they just let the field sit. Uh, Apparently in Winnipeg, they start, they tarped the field and heated it up. So by gray cup, it was okay. It kind of looks like in Edmonton, it was neglected for a month up until basically game week.
1: Yeah, and and normally, you know, when a Rash Madani tweets anything about the CFL, I read it and I'm just like, oh my God, shut up. Um, But when he mentioned that, you know, this field was never covered or or taken care of, like in that aspect, I thought that's a little, if he's right, that's a joke. it is a championship game, I know people are going to. Oh, well, if we had it earlier, this wouldn't be an issue. Just shut up! That's not the narrative that we're going to go with here, because that's not the reason people want the game moved up. It's not field conditions. So, I, in my opinion, that argument is moot. Um, if you're going to have an outdoor championship game in, in the prairies in November, that field needs to be covered for as as much as possible. Yeah, uh, and and you know, warm, kept at a decent temperature, or even even if you could just keep the precipitation off, um, you know. It, they'll stay it won't be a block of ice um, like it was it wasn't in, it wasn't in the greatest shape It's not the worst shape a field has ever been in. Um, let's look at the ice bowl but um, if like that needs to be covered it's something that the CFL I'm sure will look at um, it needs it, I don't I don't know if it was on purpose if it was just something that was an oversight and and and, and wasn't looked at and by the time they by the time they realized that it was too late. Um, cause I mean, they got to get the, the sponsors and everything painted on there. Um, you know, to, to get a tarp, the size and get it, get enough heat in there. It would take a while. Like you said, if they could do it for three weeks or a month, then it's probably not an issue. But once I think once they figured it out, I think it was too late, uh, which is unfortunate because it did affect the game, but at the same time, both teams have to deal with this. And, and I mean, if William Powell can rush for 94 yards, uh, there's no reason that, you know, it can't be a decent uh, uh, football game. And it wasn't terrible. Uh, you can tell the field conditions were a huge issue. But they were a huge issue for both teams. And, and I don't think it's what cost Ottawa a Grey cup. And I don't think it's what won Calgary a Grey cup. I think Calgary just made more plays.
0: Well, the Red Blacks themselves said they played on that kind of field in the East Final. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and Greg Ellingson, wide open, first play of the game, yeah, dropped the ball. And who knows what happens if they convert that first down. It, it could be a completely different game. So and, and if he makes that catch in the end, like it that that catch had nothing to do with field conditions. Um the only play like I, I know guys were slipping, but I mean the defense has to have footing too. Uh so you just kinda have to manage it. But it it could have been the field conditions could have been a heck of a lot better. It's too bad they weren't. And now we have to deal with a whole new moving the season up narrative uh because yeah. of it but that was never the issue to begin with so people using it i i think is is a bad look um uh, but you know we're gonna have some people that say oh well you know if it's if, it, if it's not an issue or if 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 moving the season up isn't because of the fans well they can do it for field visit or for field conditions well that you can't just change your argument because it works for this week sorry
0: well and uh it, it was a bad field on a nice day. That was the unfortunate part of it because mm-hmm. the the weather for Gray Cup. I don't think we could have asked for anything better.
1: Uh, All week was really good.
0: Yeah, uh, twenty ten was worse. Fifteen yeah, they was tried colder. Saying it was
1: only minus two, and no. I know, I know. I, I don't know. I don't know where, where the Edmonton game. weather news are getting their info from, but they should probably look at that because it's almost like they're getting it from Fox News. <laughs> Because so, uh, it was fake.
0: I don't know if it was the new turf they put in uh, for the 2015 Women's World Cup at Commonwealth that didn't deal with the cold as well. But has already said they're probably going to look into some uh, options here, whether it's under the turf heating or something like that. Uh, I think the turf was just neglected for a month because the Eskimos' last game was, mm-hmm. you know, the last Saturday of the season. It, it didn't matter. And then it was just left alone uh through freezing rain and everything else that uh, they happened had to Alberta. make sure
1: that they they had to make sure their locker room was clean in two days after this game yeah <laughs> they did that quickly, yeah um you know you know when you know what wouldn't freeze like this that bad probably real grass
0: who was the ice bowl on real grass I think it was wasn't it?
1: I think everything would have been on real grass back then. Yeah, so... But, I mean, it was also it was also terrible weather for the week leading up to that game, yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Well, that wraps up the season of <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders' yeah. win. And you know what? Uh, the news is already coming out, and it's going to be a crazy off season. The Bombers make it official. Jamarcus Hardrick has re-signed. Uh, the BC Lions have re-signed uh, a couple... Uh, Couple international players, Ricky Lloyd, a quarterback being one of them. And it's been announced that Jonathan Jennings will become a free agent for sure. But they also do sign Odell Willis to a one year extension. And then this news came out. I don't want it to get political or anything here, but Halifax City Council is talking about tax hikes and things like that. Basically, there is no money in Halifax and they have said that a new CFL stadium might just be a long shot unless they do jack up the taxes by a lot and i know that that we've got our hopes up here for the Atlantic schooners football club but i think this is just a reminder that there's a long way to go before shovels hit the ground and the stadium is standing
1: and and you know let's not forget the economy isn't fully recovered yet either um, I mean, oil was at $15 a barrel last week. Uh, the whole country is hurting. So it's not just like, you know, money is going to be growing. I know money is paper. I know it grows on trees, but it doesn't just grow on trees. Um, you know, tax taxes are going to happen. Uh, whether like I, what I read earlier was it was going to be mainly focused on like hotel taxes and to like the tourist taxes, like rent rental yeah. cars and stuff. Um, I, I didn't, I never heard anything until this came out about other taxes. So um, I mean, yes, the team has announced it's, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that at some point this is going to happen. But I mean, the stadium is a huge hurdle, whether it's in Halifax or wherever it's going to be. Um, so, I mean, until something is set in stone with that, I, I think that we need to kind of back off the excitement a little bit. And, you know, 2020 is not going to happen. Um, and, and we've said that before. 2020 is too soon. It, it can't happen. It won't happen. And it just looks like, you know, we might have to wait a little longer. But if that means a quality franchise and a quality ownership group, uh, quality stadium, I, I think it's for the better. Uh, and, and a financial model that will work uh, to keep them alive and not. So not, we don't want another renegade situation or another U.S. expansion situation, because um, that that's just another bad look, and, and I'm sure Ambrose doesn't want that either.
0: Well, the Atlantic director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, this is a direct quote. Why are we even having a discussion about a for-profit stadium, a big corporate welfare check from taxpayers, when council mm-hmm. can't even make their current budget work without discussing a tax increase?
1: And as far as I'm concerned, Government money shouldn't be used for professional sport facilities. I get it that in some places yeah. it is. Uh, Winnipeg, because it was built on campus, could use could use federal federal money, uh, things like that. I think it's an absolute joke, but that's just my opinion. Because if if you're going to have a professional sports, you have to be able to support it yourself. And you know, Daryl Cates twisted Edmonton City Council to get his stuff going. Um, you know Calgary is going through the same thing, trying to get a new hockey rink there and a new football stadium. And we saw the Olympic bid fall through, and now everybody's blaming. Oh, we're not. We've lost the spirit. And well, no, it's because people know that it, this thing's, this, these things cost money, and they don't want to come in out of their own pockets um, for something they're going to have to pay to go to. It just you know, if if uh, if an organization is going to make money, they they should be able to front it and and, and you know build their own facilities, or else. You know it. It becomes. Uh, it becomes basically a situation where you're just waiting for it to fail.
0: Before we wrap this thing up, we're saying thank you to Park Power today, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Uh, in Alberta, one of the beauties is that you get to buy your energy from whoever you want to. Yeah. So Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits. They're based in Alberta. Smaller company, lower overhead savings get passed on to you. If you want to make the shift and the switch, uh, go to parkpower.ca. That is parkpower.ca. All right, Ty, how would you wrap up the 106th Grey Cup in Edmonton?
1: A learning experience. Um, Wednesday night will not happen again like it did Uh, pace and and just embrace the whole thing and do as much as you possibly can when you're there. Um, I almost didn't come out Thursday night as I was dying in my hotel room until I ordered pizza and I I, I rebounded and was ready to go. Maybe not as hard as I did in Regina or Winnipeg, but uh, if you have the chance to go to a great cup, I think you have to Uh, whether or not you go to the game is a different story. We we knew people that came just for the festival and, and watched the game at a bar and flew home on Monday. Um, so there's so much more than just the football aspect of Grey Cup and the Grey Cup Festival, and it's got to be on your bucket list for sure.
0: There's so many people that go to the Grey Cup that I only see at the Grey Cup, and I feel yeah. like if I didn't go, I You're would be missing You're becoming one of them. those
1: for me because I'm always working.
0: They are uh, – man, they're family. The CFL family thing is mm-hmm. not just a thing. It's It's not like a cliché. It's actually – a real thing. The people that you see every year at the Grey Cup make it so. And the Grey Cup, the trophy itself, belongs mm-hmm. to the people. Wow. And if you ask the CFL that, they will say exactly that. The staff, uh, the people, the players all come together. The country comes together to make this an av- amazing event. So, Ty, are we going to see you in Calgary next year?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, but before before we get too far ahead of ourselves, you know what started on Tuesday night.
0: What did teams start? Could talk,
1: teams could talk to coaches. We are in the coaches' carousel right now, just waiting for the first shoe to drop.
0: Yeah. What, what are you predicting? Who's going to go to BC? Who's going to go to Toronto?
1: Oh man, I think Orlando, Orlando Stainhour gets one of those jobs. Um, I, I, I think that June Jones should be the head coach in Hamilton still, just for continuity' sake. Uh, but I mean, there's there's a lot of teams. Like, I mean, what? Is J- I know they said Jason Moss is going to come back, but I mean, when a GM gives you the vote of confidence, that's basically a, that's basically the kiss of death, in my opinion. Uh, we see it in a lot of other sports, so I, I, I don't know. Corey Chamberlain's still out there. I know that you know teams could talk to him whenever they wanted, but he's still a viable. Op- There's a lot of options right now, and I think that we just got to wait for the first shoe to fall, and then we're going to see a lot of guys sign. Uh, real quick just waiting for that first one uh, I don't know if it'll necessarily set the market but teams will be coming forth with that news and I don't think it's going to take very long because teams are going to want to do this before uh, free agency and roster cuts and then we have combine and dra- like teams want to get their head office but they don't want to be Toronto uh, two years ago uh, even though yeah they won the great it cut works. But, <laughs> 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 you want to get that stuff set uh, before you get into the nitty-gritty of the off season, so
0: I'm going to say uh, Steinauer in Hamilton, Chamberlain in Toronto, and Claybrooks in BC.
1: Oh, that would that could be good. I think Claybrooks is going to get a shot unless he wants to stay in Calgary and he maybe might. go back-to-back and win one at home. That, that's I think with Calgary having the Grey Cup at home next year, I think that's going to be a huge aspect of guys sticking around.
0: That might be a big thing for Bo if he doesn't go to the NFL too, Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. Thank you to Karen from the Alberta Podcast Network for helping with just about everything for Tune Out Live and that podcast last week. It was just an absolute blast. And if we were on our own, we would have been uh, completely lost.
1: So, Yeah, the minute I walked in, she gave me a Coke. So basically a <laughs> lifesaver. <laughs>
0: Uh check out the I Have Some Notes podcast hosted by Greg, Colin, and Scott. They punch up mediocre Hollywood movies one podcast at a time. And mediocre is my speciality, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, just yeah, you're like your mediocre grammar you just uh <laughs> exampled there, because that was bad.
0: <laughs> and I want to encourage you to go on Twitter and send Alessia Kara A nice note, because her Grey Cup performance at halftime was awesome, and people were too busy crapping on her. She Mm -hmm. ended up uh, saying that she's going to take a break from social media. She never said it was because of the Grey Cup halftime show, but... I mean when over 3 million people watch something and this happens it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out she's 22 23 years old and I thought she kicked some ass on Sunday
1: and and you know what for the people that are you know crapping on that performance I didn't watch it granted you know she's not my cup of tea it's I'm not going to go out of my way though, to, to crap on the performance because I don't like her music. I, I could, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't care less about the halftime show this year, but that that's okay. I'm not going to crap on it. She, from what I've heard, and I watched a little bit of it, she did a great job. She puts on a hell of a show. But for these people, they go out of their way to, to troll, and we have one that does it to us on our podcast <laughs> yeah. account. And he's a lunatic. But, you know... <laughs> It's so what like who, your opinion. Did you like the, did you get what you wanted? Did you, did you ruin her self-esteem? So that's what you're going for. That's what you did. Good for you. You're, you're a keyboard warrior and I hope you feel good about yourself, but you're a piece of crap.
0: All right. uh, I'd like to, I don't know
1: s- if that's too far or too angry. I felt a little bit of John. It was pretty good. There. It was
0: pretty good, man. <laughs> So, I'd like to say thank you uh, to everybody I met, but that would just be way too impossible. So, if I saw you at Grey Cup, if we saw you at Grey Cup, uh, we'll see you next year in Calgary. I think that
1: covers it, right? Uh, yeah, and if you didn't get your trading card signed, bring them to Calgary and we'll sign them there along with the new ones if we get new ones.
0: Hey, do you have any left or did you
1: give them all away? I think- I think I have two packs, and I have two of mine and two of the podcast. So I hope I'm going to open these packs, and hopefully I find one of yours, because I have, like, a collage idea. Okay. Because I need need something to decorate my condo with.
0: And I signed—and
1: I told you, I signed my name like a 12-year-old. And, yeah, I can can confirm. (laughs) And I didn't work on my Brazilian tie signature, so they're all my real signature. Okay. (laughs) So if somebody wants to, you know, steal my identity, go ahead. I really don't care. (laughs) You can have my debt. You can have my debt.
0: Damn, that's the wrong identity to steal. <laughs> Isn't it, though? I do want to encourage you to check out a, an online auction that's happening right now at 32 slash burgers for charity. Uh, and the four is the number four. So 32auctions.com slash burgers for charity, raising money for YWCA Regina. My good buddy, uh, Darren from Game Changers Canada teamed up with Charleston Hughes of the Riders to make this happen. So there's a cool number of things up for auction there. Uh, a a Riders team signed football, a Hughes signed jersey, uh, CFLPA fan mystery pack. There's the Bob McKenzie book that uh, came out not too long ago, and it's autographed as well. So 32auctions.com slash burgers for charity. Four is the number four in support of YWCA Regina. Give us a rating, a subscription on iTunes, and uh, we'll talk to you throughout the off-season. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.